and so as a as a uh, 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 asterisk to the lesson, there's a whole quarter that could be taught. There's a whole year that could be taught on Paul. Honestly, the guy had just immense history, responsible for the majority of the New Testament. So many things. Um, I am truly going to hit some highlights, and some of these are just Russ highlights, which really don't count for anything, but except for the fact that I'm standing here. That's really all it counts for, so I thought of it. All right, so who was Paul? Paul was Saul. Originally, Roman citizen, Jew. He was an extreme, extreme he, would be, he would be an extremist Jewish follower. So extreme that he was actually after Christians for not being Jewish. He trained under a famous Pharisee. He was a Pharisee himself, but he trained under a famous Pharisee, Gamaliel. He knew his scriptures well. Was a very skillful writer, debater, and public speaker. So if, if you were going to dial in exactly who you wanted to send your message, this is the guy. I'm the guy. Paul's it. His message was Judaism, originally. He was after Christians for not being Jews. All right? that, this, this, this cult, for lack of a better word, is how he viewed Christianity at the time. Okay? And so he was hunting them down. I said Paul was an apostle of Jesus. He wasn't the original 12, but he was a baker's wife's dozen since there was 14. He was, this is, this is a racism, he was the SEAL Team 6 of Judaism. He went into other countries, grabbed people, and brought them back to go stand trial. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. That's what his job was. That's what he's doing on the road to Damascus. He did it without the Blackhawk helicopters, the face paint, the camouflage, the Kevlar, or the automatic weapons, but still, pretty much SEAL Team 6. He was devoted, absolutely devoted. I am on my way. I'm going to find him. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to haul him back. Which, that's very plain. That's very whatever. But hauling them back... It was to stand trial and be killed, which, how could you, if it's, why would I be killed if I'm going to stand trial? Maybe I'm innocent. You're not. He took them back, let them stand trial, and they were killed. And they were not killed mercilessly. They were absolutely with prejudice. Okay. Now, I talked to my wife about this one. I, I, the irony here was, it didn't escape me. But I said, was Paul, Saul at the time, not akin, if not Hitler, but to Goebel or Herring? He was an enthusiast to remove a certain type and certain religious sect. Hitler did the exact same thing. And he did it with fervor. He went elsewhere to go find them and to remove them. That is the sad state of it all. I want these Christians gone. I'm going to go to great lengths to do it. Think about that. Now, I mean, there's a reason I said that. We'll get there in a second. So, he's on the road to Damascus. He's hunting down Christians, a bright light. I have not been to the Middle East. It's pretty bright over there. How bright? He's, he's walking in the middle of the day. How bright would that light have to have been to be brighter than the sun? It was a bright light. 
and a voice was heard. He asked the question, the question was asked of Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he falls down to his face. People are hearing his voices. Are you hearing something? What's going on here? Our, our guy, the guy, is on his knees, face down, talking to someone, something, and no one can see what he sees, but they hear something. Everybody's freaking out. Finally, he gets up. The man's blind. They don't know why he's blind. All of a sudden, blind. He's scrambling around, doing, doing this thing. Hey, 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 help me, help me. And they grab him, and they walk him into Damascus. All right, enter Ananias. Ananias is just sitting there enjoying his cup of tea, minding his business, and a vision hits him. I'm just a good Jew sitting here, a Christian, former Jew. I'm just doing my thing, enjoying my tea, thinking about the great things in life. And a voice from heaven shows up and says, Oh, Ananias, I need you to go do something for me. Do you, do, do, do you need some eggs from the store, I hope? He says, Oh, I need you to go and talk to Hitler. <laughs> God, you've got jokes. You're hilarious. <laughs> really, though, what are we doing? I need you to go talk to Hitler. He's in town. Well, Lord, okay, so, I mean, I, <laughs> I heard what you said. Funny thing, though, is I hear people die when they talk to Hitler when they happen to be a Christian because he's hunting them down. So, hard pass? Uh, no thank you? What's the, what's the complimentary uh, uh, salutation here? <laughs> I don't want to. And God goes, oh, okay, we're cool. I'll find somebody else. We're good. It says in the Bible, go. I might have added some of that inflection there. God wasn't asking. He goes, I know this sounded like a request. I know it sounded like a suggestion or whatever. It's an order. You're going to go. You need to go do this. Make it happen. I need him for something. You ever heard that thing? You've seen the movies, whatever. Better make your peace with God. Ananias is like, I leave my house to so-and-so. Here's my parakeet. I'm going to go see Hitler. I'm a Christian. It's over. All right. The Lord says, and it was nine, Acts 9.15, Go. I have an incredible use for him. Remember what he said, what, what, what my description of him was. He was an avid, skillful writer, debater, and public speaker. Excellent person to send your message. He said, go. I have a massive use for him to spread my word. I will show him, Saul, how much he must suffer for my name. And so that last, that last verse, does that sound like a punishment? I need you to do something for me, but you're also going to suffer when you do it. In a, in, a, in a different version I read, this is how it wrote, read in, in the, the Bible. It says, I'm about to show him, Paul, Saul, what he's in for. The hard suffering that goes with this job. When did Saul apply for a job? He already had a job killing Christians. I don't need another job. You're signing up for this one, big boy. 
All right. Ananias goes to him. Saul knew he was coming. Said, yeah, let him in. <laughs> do, you think, do you think the knock on the door was... Or was it... No one's home. Guess I gotta go. <laughs> oh, man. He knocks on the door. Saul has his people with him. He's got the SS troops that are with him. They're the ones that handle the heavy lifting, but still helping kill. And he has to be a Christian and walk into the house. Saul says, let him in. Ananias goes, the Lord told me to come and talk to you and to give you back your sight. And immediately, things like scales fell off his eyes and he could see. Well, guess what? He saw something on the road he can't, he can't really explain. All of a sudden he couldn't see and then all of a sudden some guy shows up and he could. Those are pretty good miracles to occur to change your thoughts toward stuff. He had time to think. You think God was talking to him while he was doing that? We don't know that, but I have to believe he was. Changed his tune. Turned Hitler 180 degrees. All right. Instantly, Saul started preaching and teaching in Damascus where he was going to kill Christians, but preaching Christianity. Here's the... All right, so now we're all collected right here in front. This is my living room. And uh, uh, who am I going to pick on here? Gary is, he had to pick up the donuts, okay? So Gary is five minutes late. We're all good Christian meters here. We're going to say, okay, we're going to sing softly so nobody hears us to kill us. And so Gary shows up, he's at the door, and he goes, hey guys, I got the, Hitler. How would you feel the one guy on the poster, watch out for, is at the front of the class talking to everybody, preaching and teaching? You've seen this movies like Hitler standing there and, come on in, Gary, have a seat. And the guards come behind him and say, yeah, come on in, Gary. How trusting would any, right now, how trusting would any Jew have been of Hitler if they saw him in that light? That'd be a no. That'd be a. Oh, I left my. Uh, I left my. I left my ham in the oven. They're gonna leave. And we don't do ham, but I'm gonna go find it anyway. You guys got that right? Okay. My family's over here going. Well, you didn't do ham. Thank you. I swear. Okay. All right. So Saul is a changed man. All right, the Jews in Damascus, who were originally his allies as Saul, and now they're his enemy as Paul, they want to kill him. So the the Jewish Christians of Damascus, can we say Jewish? Yes, they want to save him. Everybody's having a mental breakdown right now, going, "This doesn't make any sense to me," but they're doing it. The, Jew, the Jews are waiting at the gate and the Christians are lowering him down the wall in a basket. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. That's what's going on now. Nobody understands what's what. That's how quick things changed and that's how quick God changes things, which is what I love. So, 
Paul goes back to Jerusalem. He's preaching and teaching. But you know when that ha- that it says that right off the bat. But then it says uh, uh, in verse 26 that he came to Jerusalem. The fact is, though, in Galatians we learn he left Damascus and he left for three years. Gone. And then he came back. The Bible, what I love about it, and also what makes me nuts, which is a short trip, but is there's the verse, and then he started preaching and teaching in Jerusalem. However, there is three years. All the time it happens like that. And you have to expand on the scriptures. Aha, that makes more sense now. That's why we have to study. That's why I have to study. And I'm a very long study because I can't boil water very well. All right. <laughs> One of the things I enjoy, this is, these are, I'm not going in chronology here, but in Acts 23, 12 through 35, did everyone remember the story? There were 40 Jews who swore an oath. What did they swear? Anyone know? In regards to what they would do, what they would or wouldn't do, when they, but they were bound and determined to kill Paul. What did they promise to do? Not do. They promised not to eat or drink until he was dead. So, I mean, I swear, I want, to, I want to read the paper. Two weeks later, 40 men found dead. Very thin. Because they didn't eat or drink. They didn't get to him. In fact, it was, so on the way, Paul was in jail. And under the Roman guard, Paul's nephew told them, oh, by the way, I've got heard 40 Jews are trying to wait on the road to kill him. And so this centurion, he goes, oh, I'll add a couple extra guys. We'll be okay. He wasn't messing around. He added 500 men, soldiers, and then left at night. Now, on my best day, I would say in my 20s, I still don't want to go up against a Navy SEAL. Or, you know, a, a... tried and tested military anyone hungry and thirsty I really don't want to so these guys they weren't the sharpest tools in the the bulbs and then they were not going to eat or drink in the process and then there was going to be a 10 to 1 over 10 to 1 ratio yeah yeah those guys are dead they didn't make it do you think they fulfilled that promise and stayed the course and said yeah I'm going to die or they might have broken that a little bit. No one knows. I just want to go back and find that that news headline just to see. Okay, that was just that was a racism because he was having fun with that one. So we know all the different things that happened to Paul. I mean, the man was just abused through life after he became a Christian, horribly so. What I found so we heard about we know all the different things. I mean. After he was bit by a snake, I'm done. I don't want to be near a snake, much less bit by one. He was. It was extremely poisonous. Nothing happened. But that was just one of the bad things that happened to him. But in 2 Corinthians, first chapter, 8 through 11, he says, we endured such distress that he envied death. You get shipwrecked. You're out. He was out in the ocean for a day and a half, I believe. Oh, I hate deep water. Can you imagine being out in the dark 
a little splash over here. Who knows what that was? The ocean will be a little fuller that day. Cause, whew. Shipwrecked alone, that's bad. I just think of Titanic. Stoned. I've been hit with a rock once before, a couple times. Didn't feel good. And having more than one person aiming to do it and they were okay with it, that's bad. Left for dead. Whipped. Beaten with a rod. Imprisoned. It wasn't three hots in a cot either. In prison, you were in chains, you sat there in your own ick, and somebody who you knew who loved you came and brought you food. It was stinky, it was damp, it was cold, it was not good conditions. And nobody had penicillin at the time, so who knows what you caught. But whatever he endured that day in that trip, that's where he envied death. He was singing and praising God in jail. And he envied death and whatever that was. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Okay. If I had the ability, we had the ability, and I, um, um, this wall, I'm going to put a, a, a one by two hole in, and you can, it's a door, you open it up, you can stick your head in, look to the left, and you get to see paradise. Can you imagine that? Just like, oh, I get to go see what it's going to look like. Open the door, peer over the corner. You get five seconds. That's it. Everybody, think to yourself, what does your heaven look like? Is it is it a bunch of clouds you're sitting on? Is it... Is there a rainbow in there? Is it is a big throne room? Uh, um, angels flying by? What's what 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 have you seen on earth that has been as close to what you the magnificence of heaven? I've looked out at some gorgeous Hawaiian beaches, amazing valleys. The Grand Canyon I hear is pretty nice. There are some just places where the sun comes up and everything lights up it smells awesome it feels awesome you breathe it in you're like I feel 10 years younger life is just amazing can you picture that can you see it some of you have been there gorgeous and you look through that hole to the left and everything you just saw Everything you would imagine that you'd been to on your cruise ship or whatever was disgusting. It was a sewer pit, comparatively. I thought, just threw something out there. I go to heaven, and there is a Wallace mansion made of solid gold. has a diamond gate. Family name is in rubies. Wall. Let's. I have a master bedroom overlooking. I have a balcony that I overlook, and there's 1,200 manicured lawn acres, trees, gorgeousness. There's a, there's a fountain out there. It is stunning. All of this is attached, bumped up against a 200 acre lake, crystal clear water, always warm. Teaming with fish if I want it. Teaming with nothing if I don't. It is awesome. 
I'm curious if we can imagine, can you imagine a scene of beauty? Stick your head through the wall, look to the left. You are so amazed. You can't speak. It caught you in your chest. You're like, it's too much to take in. It is perfection. There's gorgeous, and then there's this. There's amazing, then there's this. Paul saw that. 2 Corinthians 12, he says he was taken. the, The words he uses, he was swept away in ecstasy. He was hijacked into paradise. I can handle being hijacked like that. He got to see it. He took him to see it. God said, I want you to take a look at this. And he showed it to him. It was so amazing, he couldn't talk about it. I'm not, I saw things I can't ever disclose on this life. I want to be able to look through that door, through there, look there, and just... what I'm working for that's what I'm putting up with this for it's cold outside today you know how cold it is in heaven it's not do you know who's there in heaven everyone I want to be I want to see people in heaven I want to see God in heaven I want to walk with him in heaven I want to be able to see such gorgeousness I can't talk about it in the mortal world it's too massive your brain is too small to be able to acknowledge how amazing this is here. He got to see it. And he said, so that I don't get cocky, God gave him a thorn in his side to remind him, you're still human. You're still weak. Remember who you are. Do we know what, anyone know what uh, Paul's thorn in his side was? What was his weakness? Anyone know? If you do, you'll have to tell me. We have ideas of what it could be. Some think it's his eyes. You think he had poor vision or something messed up with his eyes. Very possible. Who knows? After you've seen heaven, you can't see anything nice anymore. Everything else is like, eh, uh, I guess. It's nice, don't get me wrong, but... So, was Paul a sweetheart? Is he a good guy? My grandfather, if I picture the kindly, gentle, I don't know, he had a soft voice, kind eyes, gentle tone, love. He called me sweetheart. Hey, sweetheart. Love that. That was Paul. If I wanted, if I wanted to imagine somebody, it'd be Paul, not Paul. Paul had a little bit of a pride thing. He was the up and comer in the Pharisaical world. Pharisees were known to be humble. Hi, I'm Paul or Saul. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm a big deal. You should get to know me. He wasn't a. 
you, you can't just lose your traits. His traits were what God wanted, so he was a big deal. He was able to talk and walk. But he definitely liked to, he definitely liked to have a little bit of pride in the process of things. Had to get checked at the door once or twice. Paul was with, uh, 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 oh, who is he? Silas? And they were out walking and talking, and a slave girl, possessed by a demon, was harassing them for days. I have to believe, we don't know that for a fact, we have to believe, they just knew. So they're walking around the room, and they're, oh, yep, there's one, and they're possessed. I mean, just they, they just know that. Didn't have to say anything, but they just look around the room, and they'll see, oh, these possessed, possessed, just ugly, possessed. So they knew what was going on. It wasn't just some, some girl walking and talking, being a royal pain, but she was doing this, this number on him, and he got so irritated. She's walking and talking. Let me see if I can find where it was in my notes, because they're here somewhere. It says, these, are the two, these, are, these two are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. That is from the Bible. She's giving their message. So why would you be upset about that? I don't know how she was saying it. I don't know how loud she was saying it. But he wasn't able to talk to other people because she was being so loud and she was real close by. Finally, finally, he whips around and goes, Get out of her! And the girl's like, where am I? Fun thing that we didn't know about is she was a slave owned by some well-known rich people. She made them a lot of money because that demon allowed her to tell the future and told it accurately. Once she had no idea who she was, where she was, or what she was doing, they knew they had lost their prize horse there. She was not making them any money. Not a good thing. How many people like money? How many people have done crazy things for people who are about to take their money or cause them to lose money? We see movies and television shows all the time over that one. So what did they do? They, they went to the cops, who just happened to be the leaders at the time, said, these guys just did this and they just grabbed them, took them to the city square, and beat them with rods and threw them in jail. Didn't ask questions. It's the, it's the, it's the, the big wigs in town. You know, whoever has the most money, you, you, I, I own this town. I, have, I, I own this, the shop. I own the factory. I own the store. I own the, those are the guys. They have that much money. So, okay, Bill, what are you going to do? Whip them and throw them in jail. Done. Who was the reigning power at the time there, though? Romans. So they just beat two men, threw them in jail. Now, this is that same instance where the earthquake occurred, Paul singing and and having a good old time in jail, praising God. Doors flew open. And what happened? What, What was the jailer headed to do when that took place? He was, he, 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 oh, mama, this isn't going to be good. And he was sharpening his sword to kill himself. I would, ra- I would rather die at a quick death like this by my own hand than by what my, my bosses are going to do to me as a Roman. I'm supposed to be a Roman soldier, the Roman guard captain. Like, huh, well, you're dead. And we'll decide how to, we'll just have you drugged behind a horse until you're dead. That I hear is painful. I've only tried it twice. And Paul says, Whoa, 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 ease up, trigger. We're here. No one's left. 
They had every opportunity and ability to leave, but they didn't. He stops from killing himself, gets some light, so that tells you it was not lit in prison. He's in the center, too. No lights, no nothing. Nastiness. He gets some lights. He grabs them, takes them to his house, bandages their wounds that he probably helped inflict, fed them at his house, and he was converted. So good things happen from bad, right? Paul, in his pride, it took me a second to get there, but I'm back. Paul, in his pride, they finally say, okay, you're, you're released. <laughs> he goes, oh, really? I'm released for not having done anything wrong. He goes, why don't you tell them, march their happy little cans down here, and they can meet me and say, sorry, didn't mean to, whatever, because they just whipped two Roman citizens. That's all you had to say. You're a Roman citizen? Are you sure? Oh my goodness. That's panic because you beat a Roman citizen and you're under Roman guard. You could get in some serious trouble by the Romans. Funny story. They are very, very particular of their people. So those Jewish leaders beat cheeks to come down and say, Ha, ah, so sorry. We probably were so sorry. Ha, 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 ha. Please don't hate us. That was the. That was. Paul, the humble guy. You tell them to come around. I'm not leaving this disgusting prison until they come and apologize. I'm like going, just get out. Go away. I don't want to go get cleaned up. A little pride, maybe? Choose your poison, choose your thoughts. I mean, I want to see him as a great man. He is a, was a great man. I mean, he deserves all that he is known for. However... No one's perfect, but one that we know of. Paul didn't walk on water. So Paul's life was absolutely, positively one of suffering after his conversion. God's statement to Ananias was not just a passing one when he said, I'll show him what, he needs to, what he's going to suffer for in my name. Paul says, after everything, what do you think Paul looked like? I don't know. Well, he's about five foot. You know, no. What do you think he looked like? The man has been stoned. And when they stoned, they weren't throwing these rocks. They were throwing these rocks. They would hold you. Well, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold him because I might get hit with a rock. They would chain him up or put him in the ground and throw rocks at him. They'd whip him. And when they whipped, it wasn't just a, ah, that hurts. I mean, it was a cat of nine tails, may or may not have had glass or bone in it. They didn't care. Oh, I nicked him in the forehead. Who cares? They weren't just going for the back. They got him across the board, in the arms, across the face, potentially, chest, legs, shipwrecked. Guy's a good swimmer. We know that. He was up for, an, uh, for a day and a half in the ocean. Left for dead more than once. What did he look like? Did he have a hunch from his back being hurt so bad? They could have torn some muscles, potentially. Did he have a limp? Scars? Was he television ready? Car salesman hair, 
great teeth. Welcome, Sunday morning services. Did he have a gravelly voice from having endured so much? I don't know. But can you see it? Very possible that he was a train wreck of a man. And guess what? The book doesn't have to be that pretty. The message that you read in it, that's delivered from it, that's what matters. That book wrote in 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, before his martyrdom, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Have we fought that good fight? Are we fighting it? I, I hope I have a few years left in me. My accident-prone nature, we have no clue. I hope you do. But I hope that you're fighting the good fight. To one day finish your race that God has for you. And I hope we've all kept the faith. Paul refers to himself as the worst and the chief of sinners. Anybody here done anything horrible in their life? I haven't, nothing. I've considered myself the chief of sinners. It's not really a competition you want to win. I don't even like that I feel I might be in the running. Nobody's perfect. Sad part is, Paul while being the chief of sinners, thought he was doing the right thing. Imagine that after his conversion, he endured the shame from his peers in the pharisaical world. He, he, did, he did what? He's, he's preaching what? You're preaching what? Anyone who knew him, he had a mom and dad. We know that. Were they proud of him before? Sure. Are they proud of him now? Who? We have a daughter named Patty. I don't know who you're talking about. You have to imagine that the looks that Christians gave him on the other side of the coin. He was a man without a country. No one liked him. No one trusted him initially. He stayed the course. But he was, is the perfect example for people to look at then and now. That no one is too lost and too hard for God to convert. He shouldn't have been able to be converted. He was so emphatic over his Judaism. The point is you and I need to keep trying with those that we want to save. 
It may not be your words that do anything, but they may help fertilize the seed that you planted. Somebody else can come along and let them sow. Let them reap. You get to show them whose you are and who you are. You show them God in yourself and you show them what it means to be a Christian. God does give us all trials. If, he, if you don't think he doesn't, just wait. It's on its way. I hope it's not blindless, being shipwrecked, definitely not a snake bite, stoning, going to prison, beatings. But it could be. It'll be a trial of some sort because to each their own what a trial is. Paul gave us an example of what it is to be content. He was okay with what many of us need and strive without what many of us need and strive for. He didn't have a lot of money after his conversion. I'll bet he had a pretty nice house before. He was a big deal. He lost all that. We should put our lives in perspective once or twice and ask ourselves what we are focusing on. What's important to us? Do we need to have the nice house, the nice car, the nice clothes, the nice and all the nice bank account? I know I did. Sometimes I do still. We need to get checked every now and then. Paul was. He had pros and cons about him we cannot deny. As a Christian, he absolutely was not perfect. He made mistakes and he admitted that. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. I'll be the first one in line to say, don't look at me, don't look up to me. I have screwed up a two-car parade. But God wanted me around anyway. You have a purpose. We all have a purpose. God has a purpose for us. The only one perfect walked on water and gave his life for us. Paul preached it. Paul believed it. He walked it, and he eventually died for that. Unwavering, unapologetic, until he finally got to stop looking through the door, but walk through it. If I can say that I'm 1% of the conviction that Paul was in Christianity, I think I'll be pretty well convicted. I hope you guys can do the exact same thing. That is Paul. You can look up to him. Look up to God, too. Make sure that's your focus. Paul is a stepping stone to God, to Jesus, to Christianity. He showed us what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be doing it, and it's not always going to be easy, but the reward is worth it. Thank you so much. We will be discussing the intro to Jesus next week. We'll have some fun with that.